Hey there, everyone. This is Dan Fagella with Tech Emergence, where we interview entrepreneurs, investors, and researchers in the domain of emerging technology. Today, I'm lucky enough to have Colton Jacobs on the line. He's the product manager at Virtuix. They are the creators of Omni, which is the first uh, multi-directional locomotion device for virtual reality. In other words, you can walk in whatever directions you want. We've talked a good deal about virtual reality in the working world with previous companies, virtual reality and, and AR uh, in sort of the, the blue-collar industrial domain. But today we're going to be talking about gaming and beyond with Mr. Colton. Colton, how are you today, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yes, indeed. I'm excited to have you here. I, I want to talk to you a bit about... Um, uh, the expansion of the VR domain and what's already happening now, because I think there's a lot of folks, even gamers maybe, who don't realize that the Omni exists. Um, and I know your whole thing is kind of getting virtual reality out of the chair. Um, talk a little bit about where VR is moving now and extending beyond the chair. I know part of it is kind of haptics and tracking the hands and the limbs. Part of it is what you guys are doing with locomotion. What's happening now beyond the chair in the VR world? Sure. So it's a incredibly exciting time to be in this space, especially when you start to see uh, companies like Oculus blooming and being purchased by larger players, such as Facebook. We yep. see this as a validation that virtual reality is poised to hit the mainstream in the next five years. So there's a criteria that's interesting of how people will be approaching virtual reality, where the, uh, the graphics and the vision part of the head-mounted display is what gets people's uh, feet wet in virtual reality. Yep. It's, it's awe-inspiring aspect of it, and now that we have Oculus and we have the Samsung Gear, Sony Morpheus, uh, and various other types of smartphone holders that enable virtual reality experiences, it is opening the bevy for all these different types of either peripherals, accessories, platforms like ours to really come into existence and be successful. So now that you're seeing uh, these uh, head-mounted displays become uh, almost consumer-ready and you're ready to have it in your home. Well, the next step becomes what's the first thing someone does when they have a virtual reality headset on and they see a virtual body is they put their hands in front of their face. Yeah. They expect to be, they expect to be able to see their hands. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And so that's where you're seeing a lot of technologies like Leap Motion um, and uh, things like uh, Sony's uh, PS Move system being used to do the hand tracking. Yep. And so that is the next evolution be able to hand tracking so I can be able to sit and have my hands and use that to interact with the world. Or there's other types of motion tracking systems such as the Six Sense STEM system and Pryo VR, Control VR. You said Pryo, Pryo, Pryo VR, uh, Colton? Yes, and so what that is, it's a uh, the bodysuit pretty much. Wow. Where you're going okay. to be using IMU, so nerve motion trackers, uh, around your body and they get all the way to the uh, hand level as well, so you'd look up to see your hand, but they're also doing it across your body, so you'd be able to see a full-body avatar and have it be tracked in the virtual world. Now, that's a little bit more um, it's a little bit more cumbersome because you have to wear an entire suit rather than just either being able to, uh, like, leap motion an outward-facing camera, be able to track your hands and does a skeletal model without having to wear anything. Okay. But it's a little bit more limited, and it doesn't do 360-degree movement. You have to be looking at your hands. Yeah. And so then, okay, so now I have my hands in the environment, and there are technologies that are tackling that front. But then if I am walking in the virtual world, so my avatar is actually walking, which is very common in most video games and a lot of simulations. Yep. Then the body's natural reaction is, I want to stand up. I'm yeah. I'm walking with this uh, avatar as if I'm actually there. And that's where our system comes into play. Now, all of a sudden, you can stand in our system. You can walk, run, jump. Uh, turn around 360 degrees and act 
translate that into analog uh, movement in the virtual world. And so really we are bringing the player out of the chair and we bill ourselves as the best way to experience virtual reality standing up there. Big time. Okay, I like it. Um, and in terms of the the other players with the uh, the haptic side of stuff too, um, I know you'd mentioned uh, Prio VR, kind of PS Move. Um, with uh, with respect to with respect to sort of what they're working on, the, the full body suit is that also tracking feet, so you can kind of see your feet shuffling underneath you and things along those lines. It does, I, I know obviously hands are generally more important for most games and probably most simulations. Is anybody tackling that? Uh, well in your end in terms of a company or a researcher? Well, we'd like to think that we are doing it the best ourselves. We uh, are developing uh, our own uh, tracking system that will be uh, coming along with our package, so uh, you'll be able to uh, have your uh, lower body be tracked, mainly your feet, and so that's what we're concerned about, the direction. But you are correct, it's a Pryo VR, a Control VR, and a, a Six Sense STEM system, they're doing the full body motion tracking. It's also a neuron perception unit as well. And so they're doing full body uh, motion tracking. So if you stick out your leg, it'll do that kind of tracking, your arms, Got it. even at uh, positional tracking to the head as well. Okay, cool. And what's that company again, so, it, so folks can look them up if they want to? Yeah, sure. There's a, there's a couple. Uh, Six Sense. Is one company to do magnetic tracking yep. uh, along with IMUs incorporated. There is Control VR, which is a full body suit, uh, Perception Neuron, that's another full body suit, and the Pryo VR, again, that's a full body per suit. Perception so see, Neuron. There's a validation for this market with so many players. Yeah, no, exactly. Shucks, man. I mean, it's starting to pick up a bit. Um, so, with with that being stated, I know you know a lot of your market, the folks that are into the Omni, are going to be gamers, of course. I mean, you know, people want to walk around an environment and you know slay dragons and whatnot. Um, and that there there are also there's both demand and applications um, outside of the uh, the gaming world right now that maybe a lot of folks aren't aware of. Off the mic, you were talking about kind of military and uh, medical and architecture and other things like that. Run me through a couple of use cases of how folks might use this more immersive, fully walking around virtual reality experience, even outside of gaming. Oh, you're so right to where the gaming market is a great uh, first adopter market for us. They want to have that most cool experience they can, full immersion, and so they're the ones that are buying the Oculus Rift and these other types of motion tracking systems. So they're a great initial market for us. That being said, we, we've had multiple orders uh, from military installations, uh, West Point, uh, Navy installations, and so they're doing training and simulation. Uh, for some emergency uh, natural disaster training, but also you can think of that they'd be able to uh, do, instead of sending soldiers out to the field, they can actually just do training for various types of scenarios in the virtual world together, formation drill, things like that. And uh, when you start looking beyond that as well, uh, another interesting one is architecture, being able to walk around the home that you want to build in the virtual world, get a sense of space to where sitting in a chair, you don't get that exact same type of feeling. So walking around in that space is uh, a much better experience. And then you start you can also start to look at things like healthcare, to where we've had multiple universities around the world actually go ahead and order the Omni, and they're looking to test it for various different uh, rehabilitation uh, and also research. So uh, stroke survivors is one of our big ones. A traditional treadmill can get someone up and walking in a straight line, but a lot of the dangers that they have when they're walking in their home or just walking in general is when they have to turn corners, when they have to go around an object, and that's when they have a, a higher fall risk. So our system could potentially help to uh, reactivate those muscles after a major uh, neurological uh, attack or like a stroke or uh, Alzheimer's disease, something like that. So 
so there's both various universities around the world that are waiting for their omnis to begin testing. And so while our system is not built as a healthcare device right now, we're going to look at their feedback and see if this is a viable market for us to uh, make a customized version of the omni. Big time, yeah. And of course, it seems like in the medical domain, the benefit here is that they can have a simulation of uh, walking forward, sideways, shuffling, walking backward uh, while they're surrounded. If you guys check out the Omni, the folks that are tuned in, you'll see that they have sort of this uh, harness uh, around the, the person there as they're sort of moving. Um, is the idea here to make it so that even if they did fall in whatever direction, they would still be uh, just fine because of that uh, kind of ever-present brace? Safety is definitely a top priority for us because when you're in virtual reality, uh, well, first off, you're wearing a virtual reality headset at an HMD most likely unless you're in a dome and type of environment which won't, won't be most users. And so you can't actually see your surroundings. And so while you're in the Omni, you need to be strapped in, make sure you're safe. But you're also standing on a frictionless surface. Again, you'd have to watch a video of this to really understand. Yep. Uh, it's very hard to say in words. But on the frictionless surface, we want you to be safe as well because you could, there's a chance of slipping and falling. But with our harness and with our uh, safety support structure, we've never had anyone fall on the Omni, and especially in a high-intensity kind of gaming situation. It's even uh, more intense, and there's you know, zombies flying at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, geez. But um, for the healthcare side, yeah, they definitely are looking at the safety aspect of it. Okay, I can have my uh, patient walk around in the virtual world, be nice and safe in this harness. And so while we have not designed it at all for healthcare at the time, we are going to be looking at their feedback to see, okay, how can we customize this for the healthcare type of experience? Got it. Um, so uh, th so that's sort of more rehabilitation in terms of, of healthcare. Um, other applications for military, did you say something about sort of um, – military formations so folks being able to sort of march or walk through environments and formations if they're kind of sneaking around a corner or something like that what are what are maybe some examples that could be examples of, of why we would do vr for military for whether it's formations or otherwise uh, rather than some kind of a real environment sure so the best example we like to give is uh during the osama bin Laden raid um where he was eventually taken out what they did was they actually had very detailed um, uh, models of what the uh, inside of that house looked like. And so they actually built the house out of you know, wood and steel and everything on a, on a U.S. Army base and had all the soldiers run through that building several times to get a lay of the, the rooms and be able to do the room clearing correctly, like you know, stack up before they go into a room. But it took multiple days to build the environment and then to be able to run through it. Well, with our whole setup, you could build that building virtually and then on the Omni, you could have your whole squad go through this building, do the exact same type of room clearing activities, but do it within hours instead of days. Yeah. And operation can go much faster. Got it. And and maybe in the case of Osama bin Laden, at least at the present state of VR, you know, maybe we could justify the building. But I think the idea here is that there's going to be thousands of these kind of situations, whether it's SWAT teams or otherwise, where you're going into a particular situation, you've done things like it, but you're not quite prepped in all the ways for, you know, every corner and how it turns and where the windows are and all that. And if you could literally construct these in a snap and use them for a number of situations, we might have better prepared police and military folks in all sorts of situations. Is that kind of where you're going? Exactly. And then if you start thinking a little bit outside the military, but in the same realm, uh, we're based here in Houston, Texas. So we've worked with a lot of oil and gas uh, companies, and what they're looking to do is train their employees how to escape an offshore oil rig should there be disaster. So they'd be able to build the virtual uh, oil rig and have it be completely modeled, amazing. They have it down even to the 
valves where everything is on these oil rigs. And then they could simulate the disaster, and the, uh, the new employee would be in a safe room on the Omni virtual headset and be able to try to escape through the labyrinth of these oil rigs in, so that they know beforehand, before they're even shipped out there, how to escape should something happen. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting as well. Uh, so okay. So those are those are man. I, I'm I'm uh. Th- that uh, it's it's nice because it opens up the possibilities and opportunities of sort of where the applications might be. And, and for on your end as sort of product manager and and really thinking on the higher end of the company here, of course, um, the thoughts are what are viable markets? You know, are there going to be more oil companies? That'd be you know nice application. Uh, a lot of the folks that are tuned in or in the startup worlds, so they'd be thinking about the same thing. You know, how far could I go in military and where might be the applications? Are there police departments that would be well-funded enough to get in on this kind of thing? And and that's sort of, it sounds like, what, what you'll be exploring as a company in the coming uh, months. At a startup, we definitely are solving that big problem that's out there of uh, locomotion in the virtual world, where it wasn't really known that it was going to be a needed aspect, but then all of a sudden you have, again, all these head-mounted displays coming yeah. to market, and yep. that there's a need for standing up and walking around. And so we're going to go ahead and be the number one provider of that. Chase it down. Nice. Okay, very good. And Yeah, the, the, the research perspective is always fun, but... You know, as kind of a business fella and knowing a lot of the people tuned in or certainly in the startup world, I think a lot of those thoughts are swirling uh, pretty quickly, too. Now, thinking about where VR is uh, is now, you know, you had mentioned a number of companies that I'll, even a few that I didn't know of that I'm going to be Googling now. And, and what you guys are doing and where all these vast applications in military, in architecture, in, you know, oil rigs, never mind gaming, um, what do you think, you know, as product manager at Virtuix, where VR might take us in the next five or ten years that might be significantly beyond where we are now. You know, of course, we'll have, like, better graphics and zombies will look more real. Happy birthday. Um, but where where might be the, 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 the bigger kind of leaps and jumps in terms of where VR might be applied or how it might be applied that, for you, um, have the potential to be kind of most drastic? So it's interesting. Uh, there's actually uh, a small interview uh, just the other day from Mark Zuckerberg, who now owns Oculus, the maker of the uh, industry standard for the 10-mount display right now. And he said that, you know, virtual reality is five years from really starting to become mature, that he won't really believe it's matured and hitting the mass market until 50 million of these head-mount displays are sold. And so within the next five years, really the holy grail of virtual reality right now is called the metaverse. This is the interconnected world that we will all go into into virtual reality to explore all these different aspects that we're talking about. Yeah. But really, it's, it's the reinvention of the Internet and how we're going to uh, interact with the Internet and uh, share social experiences. And so there's a couple of companies that are trying to tackle that right now. Actually, Mark Zuckerberg's sister is involved in one that's uh, taking a real good stab at it. What, 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 what are really, those companies there? You said the metaverse. Who's, who's sort of plugging away on that problem? I... Name escapes me right now, but um, it's Mark Zuckerberg's sister. Actually, is one of the major, I believe, investors in this company. Uh, I have to look at the name. Unfortunately, it escapes me right now. But um, they—that metaverse—is really what is going to connect us all to the virtual world, and that's what we get virtual reality into everyone's home. That's going to be that compelling experience to where that's the major reason why computers in our most homes be able to connect to the internet. Well, when this metaverse is the next evolution of the internet and these kind of shared social experiences, that's when all of a sudden you'll see head-mounted displays and all these other kind of peripherals and accessories in people's homes in order to use it. We're going to connect in the metaverse to play games, to 
uh, honestly, share social media sites. Facebook will be reinvented via uh, virtual reality. Uh, be able to share movie experiences where you'll be able to sit in a virtual movie theater together. So it's going to change the way that we consume digital experiences. Got it. Um, so now the the metaverse, do you know who coined that? I mean, I know there's a lot of thinkers in this domain, Jared Liner and or, uh, Jared Leaner or whatever, how you pronounce his last name there, and other, other folks that are sort of have coined uh, uh, important terms and things along those lines. Do you know, do you know who's credited with metaverse, per chance? It is credited uh, in a book called Snow Crash, which if anyone is interested Yeah, this is, this uh, is, uh, uh, wow, this is a yeah, really great read. Fiction back in the day, kind of trendsetter type stuff. Yep. He's the author of it. Okay, got it. So that's, okay, yeah. I, he's the first huh. one to come up with that. I believe that book is credited for Metaverse, but also for the term Avatar as well. Yeah, I mean, he's he's credited with a whole bunch for that book alone. Um, and and I, I was unfamiliar with the fact that uh, Metaverse is, is among the terms that he that uh, Stevenson had, had coined in Snow Crash, so go figure. Um, so, okay, so, so the idea is, is the Metaverse, and this is exciting for me. You know, I was, I'd interviewed a company, Colton, who uh, they're working on head-mounted displays in the working world. So, in other words, you show up at work, and, you know, if you're like a lot of these startups, you are in a mill building somewhere where the rent isn't that expensive, and you're all crammed on a whole bunch of desks really close to each other. I'm sure you've, you've seen this situation. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of them in Austin, actually. Uh, I'm not sure about Houston, but I'm, I'm sure, uh, you, you know, you're familiar. Um, they're working on a, a head-mounted display where you will have access to all the different apps and programs in your computer in as many displays around you laid out in whatever way you want, and, and you'll also be in like a 360 swivel chair. So even if there's somebody, you know, three or four feet away, so long as you don't hit them with your hands, um, you will be in as, as an expansive a work environment as you like. And you could be, let's say, in the North Pole or the top of a mountain in, in the, the Amazon. And uh, you could have your headphones on, so that's all you can hear as well. And besides all the screens up, you know, so you can do your productive uh, work. And I thought to myself, um, by golly, doesn't it really make sense that that, you know, when, once that became really functional, how could you not do it? You know what I mean? How could you, how could you work on one laptop screen like I am right now interviewing you here on Skype and not have the important programs that matter at least, at least a swipe away, you know, in a big list in the perfect displays and all the ways that you'd like? Isn't that so ideal? And, and, and once that caught on, how could it sort of not? So in other words, would mind work, how much of mind work, you know, the, this knowledge working that we do, um, get transferred immediately to VR? The, the question is, you know, and you're speaking to the metaverse, um, what else will be transported to the, to the VR? And well, when, we're, when will significant portions of maybe our friendships or interactions land there? How, in terms of the metaverse arriving, Colton, you know, to some people it's going to sound far out. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, a fear of getting sucked into the matrix tomorrow, but I definitely see the possibilities of VR in the future. How do you think we might be moving closer to that? How might this arrive? What, it might, you know, what might it look like here? What are, what are the baby steps? So there's a couple programs out there. Uh, one's called Janus VR that is, uh, again, tackling this type of metaverse. How do you present the Internet into uh, the virtual world? And it's instead of building a 2D website, you actually build a 3D room where you're able to go interact with the different elements of what would be a normal 2D website. So it's when that experience of walking into a 3D room adds more than you could experience into that 2D screen that people will start shifting towards it. 
for example, uh, online shopping is going to be revolutionized, where instead of seeing the 2D model, 2D avatar, uh, you know, uh, just a model that's wearing the clothes that I'm looking at, I can instead have my 3D avatar is uh, modeled to me almost exactly with either uh, outward-facing cameras, things like that, and I can go walk up and actually just try something on and look into a virtual mirror and see yeah. how it would fit, how it would look on me. And so it's when you start getting those commerce platforms up on virtual reality that you're really going to start to see more push behind it. And so that's what we're excited about to see, uh, you know, larger players, uh, the Amazon of the world, really start to uh, reinvent yeah. their experiences for virtual reality. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, social sort of moving there now with 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 Zuckerberg purchasing Oculus. I mean, you sort of can't go back. Um, you know, we're we're seeing the trend. It's like okay, so it seems as though there is a pull to potentially being able to see your friends, interact with your friends. Because his, he, you know, we know what business Zuckerberg's in. You know, I, I doubt he's buying Oculus so that he can have a separate gaming business on the side. Because that would sure be fun. Um, I, I think he probably has his reasons. You know, and, and he he certainly has been intelligent enough to get to where he's at. I'm sure he has somewhere to go. Um, so so the whole social aspect seems to make sense. But I'm in agreement with you. I think once the vendors get on there and there's reason to to you know you know crawl around in a new car and maybe drive behind it and it, it'll it'll pick up at the same speed that the one in real life will pick up at and it'll stop at the same speed and turn on the same dime and all that stuff. It definitely brings back to where the internet was thought of as an antisocial experience. The computer you're sitting there by yourself, things like that. Virtual reality is going to start to bring it more into the social space where instead of talking to someone via uh, an IM type of message or just over the phone like we are, that I'd be able to see you. And we'd be able to go walk together, like you're saying, and go try out a new car, go in clothes shopping, go to see a movie. Yeah. And so it's a whole bringing together of the social aspect with the, the kind of technology that's built. Yeah. We wonder when... Uh... What, you know, haptic technology with the hands is a totally different story than if we could walk together in VR and go get a coffee and taste it, too. Oh, and, uh, looking forward to One day, day. yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too, Colton. I'll, I'll tell you what, man. I'm looking I'm looking forward to when I have unlimited virtual coffee at, at, at my disposal at all times. So I guess you and I will have to cross our fingers on that one, Colton, but we're just about at time now. Uh, thank you so much for being able to take the time on Tech Emergence. If people want to learn more about what you folks are up to and sort of where VR is headed in, in terms of what you guys are building there, where should they go to learn more? Definitely go check out virtuix.com you'll be able to see a video of our uh, product. I know it's difficult to get across some words, so definitely go and check it out. Yep. And then if you're interested in virtual reality at, at all, uh, go to uh, meetup.com and find your local virtual reality meetup group. Uh, they meet uh, a lot of times monthly, and you'll be able to see a lot of this great technology, and they're free to attend, so it's a great experience. Yeah, yeah. if, if uh, you're dabbling in VR, I can say that myself. My, my own first experience was in a, a meetup-like event up here in Cambridge. It was my first Oculus experience, and... Man, it was cool. So if you haven't been there yet, take Colton up on that advice. Colton, thanks again, brother. I appreciate you being here on Tech Emergence. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're an entrepreneur or a future thinker uh, with an interest in businesses, transitions, or technologies that have the potential to alter human potential, then make sure you check out techemergence.com. It's our main blog site where you can see all of our other interviews with uh, top startup leaders, uh, entrepreneurship experts, and folks in the domain of technology, cutting-edge emerging technology. Uh, if you have a particular interest in how technology can affect the future of human consciousness and our conscious experience, 
And be sure to also check out sentientpotential.com. There we explore a lot of the ethical considerations and really serious moral matters of emerging technologies, in addition to interviews with great philosophers and technology experts of our day. Uh, more than anything else, always feel free to reach out if you can find us via email. Um, you can reach out to us there or whatever other way. Find us on the blog. Be sure to drop comments. We believe that the serious f- uh, conversation about the future is not only open-minded, but also interdisciplinary and multifaceted. So we'd like nothing more than to be able to glean your ideas as well. Uh, so with that being said, with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Fagella signing off. And we'll see you next week.